Alright, and welcome to another episode of LGBT Ohio um, Television. Yes, once again I am going to go off about HB2. <laughs> but this time it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I came across an open letter to Bruce Springsteen and his band. Okay? Now, in this letter, as you can see the website there in the corner, let me bring that a little larger for you here. It applauds Mr. Springsteen and his band for standing by their morals on HB2 because they have boycotted North Carolina. There's some very good questions that are posed in this letter that many, many, many people do not realize or understand. I'm going to address these questions. The first question, how do you know if somebody is really transgender or not? Is it determined entirely by how they feel about themselves? If so, do you think that might be hard to make laws based entirely on how people feel? Did you ever stop to consider that? I'm sure he has. One thing that a lot of people do not realize is that there is a little something called the Harry Benjamin Standards of Care, or WPATH. These are standards of care that all professionals dealing with transgender people use. How do you know if somebody's really transgender or not? You'll know because they have been taking psychological counseling. They will have had to have gone through at least six months of this psychological counseling prior to getting hormones, prior to being able to start a real-life test. A real-life test is where they live, work, breathe, pee as that of the gender that they are saying that they are. Now, in this process, like I said, they will start hormones, estrogen. Estrogen has several effects on the male body. <clears throat> Number one, it causes breast development. It causes body hair loss. Not facial hair, but body hair. The hair on the chest will thin out. The hair on the legs will thin out. You know, hair on the arms will thin out. If somebody's really hairy with and it looks like a, a, a woolly mammoth, you know, some of that will thin out as well. Anyway, number three, and this is the big thing that nobody is understanding. Estrogen stops it from working. The willy won't work no more. The testicles shut down, and the willy is just there. It is a conduit to get rid of waste. That's it. And then when they go through surgery, parts of the willy are, you know, parts of the penis are reutilized, reused, repurposed, creating the vagina, the vulva, the uh, vaginal canal, all of that. Is it based entirely on how they feel? No. Once you begin your, your real life test, any therapist worth their salt will be more than willing to write a letter 
stating that this person is transgender. They are starting, they are in their real life test, they are to do X, Y, and Z, you know, to completely submerge themselves into that life, into that gender. So there is actually documentation that can and will be given to a transgender person to show they are transgender. So making laws based on it, yeah, no problem. HB2 would not be that big of a deal if it didn't completely exclude transgender. But HB2 does more than just exclude them from being able to use public facilities. It also allows uh, it also allows discrimination for housing, for employment, to, discrimination for being able to walk into a restaurant and be, sit down and eat. So as far as biased lobbyist groups or anything, they've actually read the law. It is a Jim Crow law. It allows open discrimination in all walks of life for any transgender person. Second, what is the difference be between someone with gender dysphoria, or as it used to be called, gender identity disorder, and someone, say, with schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder, or other psychological condition? In other words, if a man is a biological and chromosomal male, but believes they are a woman, is he actually a woman or does he have a psychological disorder? The psychological disorders, this is part of the reason why there is six months of counseling before hormones, before being able to get that letter, before being able to start a real life test, before being able to do any of that. It's because, number one, they want to know if there is any other mental disorder, like schizophrenia, like bipolar, like depression, like anxiety, any of that. They want to be able to identify those things and treat those things, first and foremost. And then, once that is all treated, once they are stabilized, once they are on medications that are needed, if the persistence remains that they feel like a woman, then counseling, then that six-month counseling treatment session starts for the gender dysphoria. As far as chromosomally male, there is a disorder called androgen hypersensitivity disorder. This happens in roughly 2% of all births worldwide, where the fetus chromosomally will be XY, physically will be XX, will be female. It's because their body does not absorb or tolerate androgen, which is testosterone, in any way, shape, or form. So the body never forms into a male body. They remain female. Look it up. It's real. Um, they go on to state, if they do have a psychological disorder, should we try to treat that disorder or should we celebrate the disorder and is it right to call biological males who feel they are women and biological women who feel they are men freedom fighters perhaps that's not the best use of the term you're wrong completely and totally wrong we are freedom fighters because we are fighting for our freedom 
We are fighting for our civil rights. Again, going back to the WPATH and um, Harry Benjamin Standards of Care, we've gone through hell to start with, to be recognized. To know that we are not just crazy, that we're not messed up in the head. We've already went through deep, intensive psychological counseling. Now, you may not have ever heard of this. The lawmakers may not have ever heard of this standard of care. But guess what? It's there. It's real. It's called the WPATH Standards of Care. W-P-A-T-H. Google it. Maybe you'll learn something. As far as, it goes on to ask if we can point you into the scientific literature. There is scientific literature all over the internet, all over Google, from reputable sources such as the Mayo Clinic, WebMD, that state the wiring that the brain of a transgender person does not match the physical or anatomical sex of that person. It has been tested repeatedly. They have determined that uh, some of this cross-circuiting, so to say, occurs during the womb. Because you get a wash of estrogen instead of a wash of testosterone during fetal development, which causes the brain to develop differently from the body. Um, they cite an instance here. Do you think... It might be traumatic for a little girl using the library bathroom to see a big man walk into her room uh, wearing a dress and a wig. Should we take her feelings into account or is she not important? I'm going to address it right there. Yes, that little girl is important. That is one part of the reason why the WPATH standards of care have been started. What if that person was your granddaughter? Would you care if she was traumatized? And when you speak of human rights of all of our citizens, does that include little girls like this? I have never met Mr. Springsteen. I've never met any of the band members. I know from articles that I've read that he does value the feelings of people, which is part of the reason why he stopped his North Carolina concerts. Now, in this instance, they are using a six-foot-four male who used to play professional football and who has secretly agonized over their gender identity. Okay. They can't just put on a dress and wig and walk into a woman's restroom. It, it, it's just, it's not done. No transgender person is going to do that because they're going to seek the psychological counseling that I aforementioned. Again, here's that word, psychological counseling. We have went through the ringer when it comes down to it. It has been medically proven that it is real. Scientifically proven that it is real. They go on to state, and what if this same man who will assume is not a sexual predator 
wants to share the YMCA locker room with your wife or daughter standing there in his underwear as they come out of the shower stalls wrapped in towels, is this fair to them? Most transgender people, most, there are a few exceptions to this rule, especially if they're very well endowed, will cause their body to look as feminine as possible, which means taking their willy and tucking it back. There is a cavity um, right under the pubic bone or right above the pubic bone where the testicles are housed during the early years of life. They eventually drop down into the scrotum. We are able to push the testicles back into that cavity. And by wrapping the scrotum around the penile shaft and tucking the penile shaft back and wearing either a tight pair of, of pennies, some tight hose, tights, using duct tape, medical tape, using an adhesive that can be removed easily, we're able to make it stay in place. And that looks smooth. It looks correct. It is not really noticeable other than seeing the venous mound being a little bit more pronounced because the testicles are hidden up in their original home. That is how we do things. That is how transgender people do things. We do not want to offend. We do not want to ostracize. We do not want to scare other people. So we do things like that to make sure that we're not frightening them. And to be honest with you, somebody who's been doing it for a while and has figured out a good way of doing it, if they have an adhesive, if they have a way of making it stay tucked back in a near permanent way, which eventually that does happen after years of tucking, they could walk into a shower and the woman would not know the difference unless she bent down and looked between their legs and examined the area. Plain and simple. Especially if you're using an adhesive like spearmint gum to make things stay put. Because that takes a special remover. It's not water soluble. So they could actually go in, use the shower, wash everything up, soap and water, everything, and it would stay put. They would not know. The person can walk along and it would not know the difference. Um, they go on to state in this. Let's take this one step further. If any man who claims to be a woman can use a woman's bathroom and locker room, then how do we keep the sexual predators out? You won't have to keep the sexual predators out. Come on, people. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'd say it happened recently in Santa Ana. They're not going to wait to be able to go into the bathroom. They're going to go to the parks. They're going to go to the playgrounds. They're going to grab somebody off the street and drag them down an alley. They're not going to go through the trouble of shaving everything, putting on makeup, putting on a dress, making their bodies look feminine, and walking into the women's restroom. And you can't 
just put on a dress and a wig and walk into a woman's restroom. Again, you've got to have that letter. I personally have one. A lot of transgender women have them. Unless they have gone through all necessary steps to get the gender legally recognized on their birth certificate, on their identification. And in order to do that, it takes two, count them, two doctors. One has to be a psychotherapist that is licensed in sexual or gender identity treatment. The other has to be an MD that concurs with the psychotherapist. Rapist, voyeurs, pedophiles. No, they would not have free access to the women and daughters and mothers and sisters in the safety of the bathroom and locker rooms. No, they wouldn't. Because any kind of misconduct like that would immediately get reported to any kind of management or the police and steps would be taken to prevent that person to make sure that that person goes to jail where they belong. I do not know of any one transgender person who condones pedophilia, who condones rape, who condones assault. The lead guitarist for Bruce Springsteen called the HB2 an evil virus that is spreading this across this country, and it is. Again, it is a Jim Crow law. It is an open license to discriminate against a transgender person. Tar a Jim Crow law is a law that is targeted towards one general group of people. In the 60s, it was African Americans allowing anyone to discriminate against them. That is exactly what HB2 is. Yes, I have read HB2 in its entirety. It is the biggest piece of toilet paper I have ever seen as a piece of legislation. As far as keeping predators out, if they don't have that letter of transition, then they don't use it. If they can prove that they are being that they are in transition and being counseled, going to psychotherapy on hormones for transgenderism, even if they're not on hormones. Most people will either go to black market hormones or they'll use herbal supplements like Wild Yams, Black Cohosh, um, red, uh, red Raspberry to get phytoestrogens and start that change in their body because they do not want that part of their body there. As far as in bathrooms, get with the program, people. A woman's room bathroom is stalled. Everyone has privacy. There is a stall and a door between every single commode in there. Every single one. In locker rooms, there are private changing areas. Places like Planet Fitness has arranged, has set up private changing areas for people. Most locker rooms, with the exception of like maybe your school locker room, 
have private changing areas. School locker rooms. Okay, open the open two locker doors. Stand between them to change. Creating your own little faux stall. There are so many differences. So many things that happen because of the fear of the unknown, because of the fear of making a change, of making a difference. That there are hundreds of myths evolving around this. And that's exactly what they are, is they are myths. They are myths based on fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what might happen. I don't want to live in a world like that. America was made great by being progressive. America was made great by being able to have a melting pot of culture, to have a melting pot of humanity come together in a cohesion and make a country. The fear-mongering that these people are doing, and I lose, use that term loosely because in my opinion there's scum on the top of a swamp. The fear-mongering that these Christians, these so-called Christians that don't love nobody but themselves unless they can get something from you. What they're doing. It's just not... It's not something to be proud of. It's not something to say, oh yeah, I was part of that. No, no. I am proud to say that I am of a new breed of equal rights fighters. Because I am fighting for my right to be able to walk in to the bathroom and sit down and go pee. I've been in transition since 1995. I have seen a lot of milestones. I have seen a lot of setbacks. I have seen European countries. I have seen North American countries. I have seen Latino countries. Move past the United States in leaps and bounds as far as protections for all citizens. All citizens. Our neighbor to the north, Canada. They have a national law protecting transgender people against discrimination. Cannot be discriminated against in housing, cannot be discriminated against in employment, cannot be discriminated against in medical care, cannot be discriminated against in businesses. Because they realize they're people. They are deserving of these protections. They are real. As a matter of fact, Canada, their military, has transgender people serving openly and proudly. Their medical system allows and will pay for 
trans the transition surgery, the gender reassignment surgery, the gender confirming surgery, however you want to call it, in full. This insurance crap that came down at the start of Obama's second term, it's crap. Quite literally. And that's a different story. That's a different episode. That's I'm not going to get into that, but it's crap. Again, look up the WPATH standards of care. There are pages of it. We have to go through a minimum of two years living full-time as the woman that we feel we are before even being able to be recommended for gender reassignment surgery. Which means that's two years of hormones, that's two, two years of effect on the body, actually two and a half years, roughly, for most people, where estrogen is removing muscle mass, okay, so in the scenario quoted on that open letter, it wouldn't happen. Because if somebody is on trans is in transition and on hormones and using that women's restroom with that little girl, she's not going to see a six foot four, muscle bound dude in a dress and a wig. She's going to see somebody. Yeah, they might be six foot four, but that muscle mass is going to be decreased. Because if you look at my arm, look at my arm. As you can see, it is not bulky. It is not very masculine in any form. I used to wrestle and play football when I was in high school. A lot of weights were lifted. There was a lot of definition and tone. I've been on hormones for going on four years now. As you can see, the muscle mass is gone. Completely and totally. When I raise up, as you can see, you can see the effects on my chest. So your scenario, although it may be valid in your own mind, when it comes down to a transgender person, it is not valid. These open these letters that we receive from our psychotherapists from our doctors that we are getting medical attention from, psychological attention from, state plainly this person has been and is still undergoing psychological counseling for gender dysphoria, transgender care. They are currently taking, you know, they are currently on hormones. They are in a full-time, real-life test where they must live work everything as a female and yes I am paraphrasing because I don't have my letter here in front of me so I'm hoping that I helped clear up some of the doubts some of the fears that may be circulating I mean, before we are able to, before any man 
anyone that was born with a willy between their legs would be able to walk into a woman's restroom there are steps that must be taken by them first that letter the reason why they, that letter is given out is in case you're going into a restroom and the management has an issue say you're only on hormones for three months and things aren't starting to go right you know they aren't the, the physical effects aren't as obvious as what they are for me after three years and you walk into the women's restroom the managers like what are you doing you give them the letter and the managers like oh okay I, I've done it I've been there it's happened I have been through it and I've been through it in conservative places like freaking Oklahoma and Texas the manager had no problem no other woman in the place had a problem I actually had women come up to me and say good for you you go girl follow your dreams follow your heart I don't know how many times I've had that happen to me but it's very confirming when it does the real problem behind HB2 is, is it puts people in danger because what it's trying to, uh, to stop what it's trying to protect it's fabricated it's made up thank you for watching tonight today this morning whatever time it may be wherever you are again I do want to put out a call to any allies any transgender people that may be watching I do want to make this skypeumentary to where I want to hear from you your experiences what you need done you know it needs to be put out there people need to realize that we are real we are vulnerable we are human so please drop me a comment send me a message let me know even if you send it to me on Twitter just go to LGBT Ohio on Twitter thank you for watching have a good night